Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. If there's any word of encouragement I could possibly give you today, it's that You know, there's a beautiful little phrase, and I love it. I I want you to stop and think. If you're walking in Christ, if you're a believer, you can turn and truthfully say, I still believe. What a beautiful expression of, of the hope that lies within us. I still believe. And nothing can shake us from that foundation. I love the fact that we're told that in the end times there will be sent such a delusion as to fool even the saints. Wait for it, if that were possible. But it is not possible to fool the saints about who Christ is or the Antichrist, whatever you want to talk, and there's been plenty of them. Hitler was a type of Antichrist. Stalin, Idi Amin, just go down the, the anybody who wants to deny the truth of Jesus Christ. Yeah, but here's the thing. Nobody can take you out of God's hands. I have Ralph King with me, who was with me last week. We've been talking about some things. I wanted to. We didn't have time to get to all of it, and so I wanted to, to today to touch back on some of the things that we're trying to help the men see the other side of walking in God's grace, right? But one thing that I, I, I wanted to talk to you about today, Ralph, is that should we be discouraged because of the world is falling apart in our eyes, or at least from our perspective, should we give up hope? Is that where it all comes undone and we have to say, okay, I guess I guess really the world's worse than 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 the church is good. There is no reason to lose hope. <laughs> uh, that and that's one of the messages that uh, we remind the guys at the mission about uh, of understanding, having a bigger grasp of the gospel and what God is doing through the major movements of creation, fall, redemption, and new creation. Yeah, amen. Uh, we know how this story ends. And uh, when, a, when God saves someone, now the next question is, how does our story fit within God's? Amen. And, and how do we bring God glory? So as we, as we see... Just the chaos in the world, uh, the effects of sin. We know that all sin will be accounted for. Uh, For those that are in Christ, our sin has been paid for at the cross. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are not under condemnation, and and we have a future hope uh, of a new creation. But in the time being, we're a new creation, and we live differently than non-believers. You know, that's an extremely important point that I think a lot of people who follow Christ seem to miss they read and they say oh but look the books are going to be open and everything i've ever done is going to be held up in my face and and i did this i i accepted christ and but after i accepted christ i did this thing and so is that the case is that how that works that no no <laughs> uh before the foundation of the world god determined who he was going to save and uh, romans tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, and that's not just the sins up until the moment of our conversion, but, but all sin. 
and God sees us as we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So we have this um, this uh, now and not yet situation going on where we, we are justified before God, but we're still sinners, um, but we are indwelled with the Spirit of God. Uh, we're no longer slaves to sin, and uh, we're becoming increasingly like Christ. That's the work of the Spirit in a believer's life, and it's it's beautiful to see that. You say that we're no longer slaves to sin, mm-hmm. And by the way, I agree with that, of course. But I think one of the misconceptions is that someone will come to you in counseling. They'll say, well, I have this, you know, this one sin and it keeps rearing its ugly head. So apparently I'm still a slave to sin. Does it mean that when you come to Christ that the cessation of all temptation and sin is is at hand? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think that the misconception being that you, for the very first time, and I'm not trying to confuse anybody, but for the first time ever, before you're in Christ, you had no choice about sinning. It doesn't mean you couldn't quit a particular sin. You just got to name your own kind of sin, right? Mm -hmm. My own brand of it. But in Christ Jesus, the difference being is not that you're not tempted, not that you don't hear the call of the wild, so to speak, but you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. He's no longer your master, but it doesn't mean it's like it's like having a great big chain link fence and you're imprisoned in that chain link fence. Satan is the master in that chain link fence. You've been freed, you're on the outside of the chain link fence, but you're still right where you can hear his voice, right? Mm-hmm. And so you are still drawn to do some of those things that you had done before, right? Yes. But is there power within that salvation when the Holy Spirit's in you to resist? Oh, yes, yes. We remind the men of that. Uh, for those who have repented of their sin and placed their faith in Christ, they're a new creation. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is indwelling us and uh, giving us the ability to uh, kill sin in our life and, and become yeah. more like Christ. And I think that's just the great thing of, of what we do at the mission. Uh, the men and um, their past and some of the things they've done are, w- would be draw- jaw-dropping for many <laughs> yeah. people. And oh, yeah. so to have them saved, to have them uh, be transformed and go back and reconcile relationships. And for those individuals who knew their past to see a new person uh, who handles things in a completely different way, all because of their faith in Christ, is, is such a great testimony to see. And it's, it's a, a joy to be a part of that work. Yeah, I don't mean to offend anybody out there. Well, I, I guess maybe I do. I don't know. I'm not a health and wealth gospel guy. No. Uh, and here's the reason why. It's sometimes, you use the phrase jaw-dropping. Sometimes when you're explaining so, to somebody, when you come to a faith in Christ, the biggest thing you're going to give up is hell. That's that's what you give up. However, it doesn't mean that immediately my life is walking on roses, does mm-hmm. it? Well, maybe if they have thorns. Yeah. Matter of fact, sometimes when you come to Christ, things physically and externally become worse, do they not? Yeah, yeah. You, you, uh, you, you are released from uh, being a slave to whatever 
sin was was your expertise (laughs) perhaps in Uh the past Um, but there's a different type of suffering that comes uh, being a following a follower of Christ and God's word tells us that as we share in the sufferings of Christ we'll share in his glory Um, you know what one thing we remind the guys of is a lot of what we're um, uh, developing as, as the fruit of the Spirit grows in us things like patience and gentleness uh, long the, suffering, long suffering. Yeah, the the situations where those things are demonstrated are typically trials, mm-hmm. and and that's where there's a witness. That's where there's a testimony to other onlookers of seeing a a, a new creation in Christ handle a situation in a completely different manner than a non-believer because of their faith, and they know what their purpose is as a child of God. And nobody is beyond that that reach are they correct i mean i think many times of rahab who hid the spies Mm -hmm. as joshua was about to come in and she was in jericho and she was a prostitute she was later referred to as a harlot Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and yet uh, because of that one thing she she believed god Mm -hmm. she believed so from that point on, I have always considered that she was no longer Rahab the prostitute, but Rahab the redeemed of Christ. Mm, yeah. And I hold to that, you know, in the line of Christ we see and Boaz, and then it stops and says, whose mother was Rahab? And there's a difference in the spelling, and so people say, well, it's not the same person, but I think it is. <laughs> At least I'm sticking to it, and that's my story. <laughs> there right? you go. <laughs> because even if it was not, it's a perfect example of how Christ can use anybody of any background for his purposes. Yes. And the unrighteous can certainly become the righteous. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's touch on that for just a second. Where does my righteous—if I'm righteous— where does that come from? Have I made myself righteous? No, is that... it's all of God. Mm-hmm. It's all, all of Christ. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, what we seem to forget is if somebody comes up and says, well, are you righteous and you're a believer, and you would probably be tempted to say, well, no, not really. I did this and this and this. Okay, yes, I would agree with you on that, excepting for the fact that Christ's righteousness has been imputed to you, correct? Yes. So... uh so tell me, do you have uh, do you have a lot of the guys who come to you and their big problem is the guilt of past transgressions? It's it's yes, that is very common. Um, not being able to uh, understand how that's been accounted for when you mix that with a false gospel, uh, there, there's a lot of work to be done there. When people are told, if you just say you believe in Jesus, all these things are going to work out for you. Um, That Cadillac will be in the driveway the next day. (laughs) And when those things don't happen, (laughs) they throw in the towel. Yeah, unrealized expectations is the destruction of many things. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible puts it a different way, hope deferred, right? But the bottom line comes down to that there are so many false gospels out there that really that say it's all on you, the onus is all on you. As long as you believe enough, if you have enough faith, you're not going to get cancer. You're going to be able to cure everything. 
It always amazed me when somebody doing that comes out and they got glasses on. <laughs> yes. Well, well, that seems like that would be a little thing to mm-hmm. have faith, and I, my eyes should be better, right? Yeah. Our guys, uh, our guys carry a lot of guilt with them, do they not? Yes, they do. They do. And a lot of that guilt uh, comes from obviously things that they have done. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you must battle every day, because I've had to for years with our guys, is that they so often have burned almost every bridge with their families. Mm-hmm. And so they want restoration. They're clean and they're sober now. But how many times have their families heard that same story from them? Yeah, yeah, that that, that is a common thing. Um, there's a lot of loneliness yep. and uh even even to go through the ten months of our our program at the mission, uh, there's men who consider self sabotaging because they're scared of stepping out into the world of being alone, and we remind them that they have a whole new spiritual family. They're a child of God. They have brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, it may or may not be within God's will for past relationships to be reconciled, uh, but they won't be alone. Uh, because Christ is with them, and uh, they are part of a body of believers now. And even when restoration does come, it usually takes a very long time for the families to really, okay, I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. Mm, I'm not so sure if this is where it's uh, going, but I liked what you said because it's very true. Even if restoration doesn't come, they have been reconciled to God. And as members of God's family, then we need to understand that reconciliation, correct? Mm -hmm. That's why we impress on the guys, it's not good enough for you to come, go through the program, do what you're going to do, and then go out and not find a healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing church to not just come and, and spend an hour on a Sunday or two hours or whatever your church does. You need to come and be a part of that church to be family with those people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a lot of very good churches around the area. You mentioned Doxes out there in uh, in the uh, Rockland. Rockland area. And um, I know Veritas is there in Roseville mm-hmm. and uh, IBC downtown and Redeemer is out in Elk Grove yes. and City Bible Church. And so there's a lot of good churches but one of the things about a good church, doesn't it take you to be involved in it? Yes, yes. Um, I, I refer to uh, the Adams family and uh, <laughs> the little hand that lives in a box. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I tell the guys, uh, there's, there's no lo- Lone Ranger Christianity. No. You, you need to be connected to a body, uh, participating um, in the church, serving the body of Christ, uh, living out the one another's, loving yep. one another, encouraging one another, uh, even admonishing one another sometimes know, when it's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but that's that's the uh, the testimony we have that that we're a light in the darkness. And um, I I challenge the men and people in my small group at church if if someone were to watch your life and your interaction with others at the church that you attend. Would they say that you act like acquaintances or that you're family? Amen. That's a great way to put it, by the way. I have not asked a a man that question, but I I think that's a perfect way to put it. Mm -hmm. 
And most of the time they would have to, if they were to answer, and most church-going people would have to answer acquaintances. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a strange thing, and you and I, I think, talked about it not long ago after, you know, I pastored a church for 22 years, a small church, and I've been the director for 18 years at the mission. And for the first time, I was not at a church in 40 years, Wow! right? And so now as a single man, I had to go to a church, walk through the door, and I got I got to tell you, it was a feeling I hadn't had in all those years because even when I first started to go to church, I went with friends and I went with my wife. Now I'm a single man. I don't wear a logoed shirt. I don't want everybody to know who I am. I don't want them to greet me because of who I am at the mm-hmm. mission. And I got to tell you, you feel pretty awkward. Mm-hmm. Now, how about a guy that hasn't been pastor, director, church member for over 40 years somewhere. How about that guy? And he's single, and he walks in, and maybe he's never gone to a church in his whole life. How awkward must he feel? Yeah, that's that's daunting for a lot of the men, uh, a fear of being asked about their past and, and uh, you know, how did you come here? Or, you know, mm-hmm. how did you get to this point? Uh, so it's a reminder for believers uh, to extend the love of Christ um, and, uh, yeah, just live that out. Have, have people feel welcomed, uh, connected, get them involved into the life of the church. Uh, you know, there, there is serving. There, there are different events that most churches have. But then there's also uh, just the normality of doing life together. You know, hey, let's go to Costco together and and yeah. split our ten pounds of asparagus. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's absolutely true. Uh, and and so, our churches need to really be very inviting to people, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they need to go out of their way to see some new face there. And I'm not talking about the pastor, the deacons, the elders of the church whoever you are, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the rank and file, if you want to put it that way, believers in the church. Hey, look around. See if you if you don't recognize a face, introduce yourself to them. And if they have been there for a long time, well, great. They didn't know you were there, I guess. Yeah. But that way, if somebody comes into their church or your church, then they're welcomed as Christ would have us welcome them, right? Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what they look like. It, it You've got to try to welcome the people. And frankly, there's been a few churches I've been to that weren't very welcoming. Mm-hmm. They didn't, you know, you just walk in, you walk out. And, uh, of course, I can only do that for a little while before I just start introducing, hi, I'm Tim, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes, believe it or not, people recognize my voice when I say, hi, I'm Tim. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Uh, oh, and by the way, there's also uh, churches up in Auburn. Uh, there's Redemption Church up in Auburn mm. that is a, a very good church as well. And so you can find them if you're looking for them. And yeah. you know what? If you can't find a church in your area, give us a call, and we'll try to find a church around you that we could recommend to you. And we want what you want. We want a solid Bible-believing church that we can feel comfortable with, that they are handling the Word of God properly. Mm -hmm. 
it's easy to make a sermon by taking a text out of context. And the old saying was to make a pretext out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so when the guys come to you, and I assume they do, uh, well, chaplain, how do I find a church? What do you tell them? Depending on where, where they're looking at landing, um, typically they're going to stay in the Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have Emmanuel Baptist nearby, City Bible. And uh, so that's where I would direct them. Uh, it's pretty rare that someone's going to leave uh, the immediate vicinity. But if they do, uh, there are di- different church finders uh, that you can find online uh, through the Master's Seminary, mm-hmm. uh, John MacArthur's. Um, there's the G3 Network, the Great Commission Collective, and uh, Acts 29. Uh, so you can look at um, different churches and, and figure out who's teaching sound doctrine. Um because unfortunately, everyone says they're biblical until it gets biblical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that really is the key. You know, you have to you have to look at each scripture. I've always said, if you take one line and you're you're preaching out of that one line, mm-hmm. you better look at the chapter before and after, yeah. and you better see what the context of what you're saying is. Mm-hmm. And here's the key. If you find something nobody else has found, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there's nothing new under the sun, and mm-hmm. God was pretty clear about keeping his word faithful, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I have all the translations of the Bibles. The, ones, the only ones that I ever use are, are the ESV, the mm-hmm. King James, the old NIV. I don't use the newer one. Mm-hmm. And uh, New American Standard, a little dry, but pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I, I think that how much of you taking them out to a church helps them, do you think? It goes a long way, yeah. J- just uh, bringing them in and uh, having them be greeted by people. And uh, we all know that you got to get a good meal after church on Sunday. So yeah. that's a fun part, too, to go out sure. and, and just uh, talk about the sermon. How does this apply to our life? Yep. And uh, it's great to go to, to places like a Doxa or Emmanuel Baptist where um, they're not enabling consumerism and Christianity right. of, of someone just sitting there for 90 minutes on a Sunday and then leaving and going back to their regular life. Oh, uh, it's about right. action, you know, living out your faith and, and, and having people know your identity in Christ, first and foremost, not your favorite football team or whatever your hobby y- is. <laughs> y- yeah, and to your point, when you said, and afterwards going and getting lunch or whatever, and you might be sitting out there saying, well, you pay for these guys to go to lunch and stuff at a restaurant? You bet. Why? Why would we do that? It is normal, <laughs> and then we just... And they've uh, never gotten to do it before. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, you yeah. know, once again, we're down to one minute. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say before we sign off? Uh, just thank you to, to our donors out there mm-hmm. and uh, the churches that support us. Amen. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. No, that's absolutely true. And, you know, we, we want to be doing what we're doing when Christ comes for his church, right? Yes. And uh, the most important thing is to be found faithful. Yes. 
that's why we don't take any government money or anything because we can't we want the unfiltered unaltered gospel to go out and we will always do that. Everybody there, all the chaplains, the staff are committed to that. So as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.